0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we take subjects and try and create some order from the disorder. But more likely, we'll create some more disorder along the way and go off on tangents and speak about a whole manner of things. You can follow us at on Twitter at Info, Info I was about to say Information Entropy, not that one yet. Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, TikTok is our new brand new thing this week, we'll be telling you all about that in a second, at InfoEntropyPod, and Instagram is just Information Entropy Pod. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasting goodies and goodness. Uh, if you can, and there is an ability to give us a ratings, we really appreciate it. Uh, it helps us get to the top of the list and get more people to see us. Uh, my name is Mitchell Getty. I'm joined, as per usual, by Tom Jenks. Say hello, hello. Or cough or sneeze, whatever you're doing, Tom. Is <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I was doing just
0: that. <laughs> Tom is here, but he is suffering from some some throat issues.
1: Oh, it's, it's been a rough week. Rough week. Yeah. Rough few days. Yeah, yeah. I feel hey. better today. That's good. I sound a bit better. My nose is less, but my brain is just not there. So Fongy. if You've I just stop speaking, <laughs> just halfway through. I like just, uh, yeah, go with it. But I'll try my best.
0: Sweet. I could, you know, I'll just, I can monologue. It's okay. Uh, this week, we are going to be discussing things about VR and the metaverse and peripherals. And what does peripheral mean? Uh, and all that good stuff and some effects of VR. So if, oop you, oop. if you like that, stick around. Yeah, buddy. And then just play, like, the intro music here. <laughs> <laughs> Um right. You know what? I'm all spaced out. We're all Just spaced like out. Yeah, like you, my brain's yeah. all over the shop. How, what do we do? How
1: about uh we normally got some news? We do normally have thing. some news, but we started um, a new thing last
0: week that I want to make sure we continue. This week's okay. I know we said we'll talk about VR, but this week's starting like tidbit thing we've seen, thing we've watched that's kicked us off because last week it was Jurassic Park. If you want to yeah. go back and hear about dinosaurs and all that sort of good stuff also all about cloning uh go back listen to the last episode but this week we both uh started watching or you've watched i haven't finished it yet uh peripheral on amazon prime it's a, a don't new, even think i've finished
1: the first episode mate
0: okay well i've watched okay i'm gonna ruin some things for you <laughs> when we talk about it i hate to say it uh there will be some spoilery spoilers about i'll try and keep it on the down low uh but that is what we will be kicking off with new series about vr and a peripheral
1: and some other some other things some other interesting ideas and things uh, yeah and from what i've seen mm-hmm. really really good because I, no i have seen the first episode because that's what i messaged you like have you seen this yet this will be right up your street um, um i ruined it for
0: me. do you know what you talked yeah, about me ruining things for me yeah why, why would i do yeah. this instantly did it i made a call well what not like a phone call but like I was like, it is this, and this is happening, and this, this. I mean, not even finished it, but I was just like, this to Grace. And then she was like, okay. But, and then it happened. <laughs> and I was like, charge just so. This happens. Yeah.
1: Throwbacks to Ender's game. A um, little bit. In, in, in a way. Mm. Oh, it's all, it's all training. It's not real.
0: Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's why I called. That, that's the worst yeah. part of it. Okay, I feel I got a cough. I'm got I'm, some to here
1: that I'm trying to get rid of. It's, you know, it's winter. Winter. <laughs>
0: winter time is upon us. Uh, well, that's
1: what I think uh, this is. Yeah. Uh, firstly, I'm asthmatic, so breathing is a struggle for me on the reg anyway. On the reg. Secondly, mm-hmm. uh, I haven't been wearing trousers, and it's been getting fairly cold here. Okay. So I think the first kind of like foggy really humid cold day and it's just giving me a bit of a, a sneeze you know a bit of a cough bit of a cough but a couple days and it's pretty much well my voice isn't quite that back yet but only a day really where it was really bad maybe yeah. two okay yeah sorry I, I tangented there yeah,
0: yeah that's
1: right carry on me <laughs> back to the news Yeah.
0: So this week's news is all to do with tiger sharks. Oh, yeah. I know you love a bit of aquatic animals.
1: In space? I know that's normally your your (laughs) go-to. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of the. (laughs) No, not space news. (laughs) Um, So
0: tiger sharks have helped discover the world's largest seagrass field slash prairie. On
1: the Berry. Oh, yeah. 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 With the cameras.
0: Yes. So, and yeah. there's also, you can go watch the YouTube video on this. It's quite interesting. Um, But what I said, there was some. I always, you know, we go and find this news, we go and find some articles that were published, and then people write about it, and we also go find that. And I always like how science writers and articles, not don't, don't, don't like it's silly the way they write, but some of the things they come up with, is just like, did they though? Like, so one of the things that taglines that I think one of, from a big publisher they wrote is, uh, scientists have teamed up with tiger sharks. I'm like, I don't think you can classify it as teamed up with. (laughs) If one of the side of the parties doesn't have a choice in it, it's more scientists have used tiger sharks to uncover the largest expanse of seagrass on earth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'd agree with you okay. that that, for sure.
0: So, this was a survey done using the tiger sharks in the Bahamas, uh, in the Bahama Banks specifically, which is a cluster of underwater plateaus surrounding the Bahama archipelago. And they revealed a 92 square kilometer uh, prairie of seagrass, which is a lot. Yeah, so like kind of pretty kind large of amount. Size, yeah, kind of the size that your brain can't really comprehend. Because it's like, if you can run, if you think you can run like five five kilometers, is like an average run distance. Okay. Like I reckon most human beings, independent, like dependent on like health conditions, the average person, average adult, kid, you know what, teenagers and kids, we can probably probably do better. They have, children have like this weird fitness thing don't they when they're like stronger than they're supposed to be can run further than they're supposed <laughs> they to be and keep like, going as a, forever as a survival instinct not not forever but like they could go further and could run further okay
1: I see like, I've
0: seen a child fight off four adult men to stop him being pinned down because they were oh. you know, he was having a an attack um and it's one of those things where i can't remember what we called it back in the day but it was to do with because i used to work at the at a school with people children with difficulty learning difficulties i'm not sure what you what the appropriate term is now so apologies if that's incorrect to anybody out there um but uh one of the the side effects there side effects interesting aspects of if you have learning difficulties there's for neurotypical individuals children adults we will stop ourselves there'll be there's like a to, so we don't injure ourselves physically with our own strength like you see with mums who like if their child is stuck under a car they'll lift the car up they'll hurt themselves doing it but they'll be much stronger in that period of time because of the the shorting circumstances it's because your brain can actually push yourself and be much stronger but there's defense mechanisms to stop yourself from injuring yourself so you can continue uh, uh. i yeah but the, the the children with the learning difficulties they can like they don't have that so they are okay. actually scary like scary how strong they are like, i that's why it's like this they, they needed i can't remember they needed restraining i think they were attacking someone and it took four, yeah, four adult male adults, to to pin this child down to stop him from attacking people, because he just like could fight fight them off. Wow, yeah.
1: We're going That's back impressive. to tiger sharks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the whole tangent thing at the top of the show. Yeah, because cause- that that was a, that was an impressive tangent from tiger sharks. Uh, yeah. to, uh, <laughs> it was kilometers it's
0: been to be able to to visualize kilometers but yeah five kilometers is <laughs> like imagine like how far you could run I would struggle probably at the moment running five kilometers but I could easily do it then times that by nearly what two thousands and then square it so do it like and then it's just that area it's absolutely huge to think about this amount of space
1: Um, yeah yeah, it's, it's a really clever way to do it as well because you can... It's, I, I guess, non-invasive, right? The, the sharks don't really mind. Yeah, we're going again, to the that. Again, that's anthropomorphizing again, but, like, <laughs> sharks are not normally <laughs> bothered not by tags.
0: They're not harmed by the tags. N-
1: no, exactly. Um, and because, like, they've normally got remoras around them, right, which uh, suck onto them, so... That's remoras. It's probably not too different to just having a remora around, which yeah, they're pretty the used to.
0: Yeah, some closeness. So that the the, the finding, the this discovery, uh, it actually expands the estimated global area covered by seagrass by forty-one percent, which I think is a great little tidbit.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a, that's a fair <laughs> chunk.
0: <laughs> what I don't understand is there's some taglines being like, "Oh, it's a potential boon for the Earth's climate." It's like, what do you mean it's a potential boon? It's always been there. It's not like they've discovered it and then that's added to... We'll come on to carbon uh, sequestering... sequestering... sequesting uh, in a second. But that's always been there. So...
1: Yes, but it hasn't been in our models. So our models have been missing that. Oh, okay. I see what you mean, right? Does does that make sense? I think that's their point. Like, yes, it's always been there. And okay, so the effect it's had has always been the same, but it hasn't been in our modelling. Like, we haven't taken it into account. So... So, saying our perception of the climate has gotten better because yeah the amount of seagrass has increased by 41 percent
0: better perception worse for the actual environment because we had this extra stuff
1: but it still lasts bad i don't um no it just means there's more there than we thought there was working in our favor yes okay
0: yeah so seagrass can sequester and what is sequestering
1: tom um, it's when you take carbon dioxide outside. Well, in this case, it'll be carbon dioxide at least. Yeah. Um, carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, essentially, and you kind yeah. of lock it away. Mm-hmm. So in this case, it would be within the seagrass so that it's not, well, yeah, in the atmosphere, warming things up.
0: Yeah, do, they, do the seagrass... Or in the ocean. The
1: I uh, the, yeah, so in the Krebs cycle, Huh. Uh, which is a cycle that happens during photosynthesis... And also they're carbon-based, right? So yes. the more seagrass there is, the more carbon is being stored mm-hmm. uh, within the seagrass The more itself.
0: carbon there is, the more seagrass goes because they've got more food.
1: You know, it's a good cycle. Yeah, a lovely cycle, a lovely cycle, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, seagrass can be quite specific about where it grows. Okay. Um, so the fact there's such a large amount there is really, really great.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and also if you didn't know, seagrass can sequester carbon at uh, 35 times faster than tropical rainforests.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely mad. Yeah. And seagrass has been, well, we thought it was threatened for quite a while, I think. So it must have been pretty exciting to find that amount suddenly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So the newly mapped area, uh, they've done some some estimates and they've worked out that it may actually be locking away, sequestering... 630 million tons of carbon.
1: What's the time frame there? Uh, From millennia. Oh. Still a hefty chunk, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah, a big chunk. Pretty big hefty chunk. chunk. So what they did, right, <laughs> to find it, is they captured the sharks with drum lines, Uh they then hauled them onto the boat and mounted a camera and tracking device into the animal's back before re-releasing it. They re-releasing it. The second time they would have re-released it um, yeah. uh, and this whole turnaround under 10 minutes Uh they oh, are uh, Shipley who is one of the scientists on this expedition uh said the, the team operated like a NASCAR pit crew taking <laughs> off the fins and replacing the fins on the shark for a new set yeah the fins? yeah because NASCAR with the wheels mate they take the wheels off, yeah. Because NASCARs use the wheels to move, and I'm saying the fins or the shark to move. Oh, they okay, actually, they don't put artificial fins on. I'm just making the. Comparison. I was thinking
1: this is this is weird. No, They're, they've gone from mapping seagrass to being <laughs> firm advocates of the shark finning trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So <laughs> sorry, that's just my ill brain not understanding <laughs> okay. the joke there. My bad. So the <laughs>
0: Shipley, uh, guided by previous satellite observations, uh, he and his colleagues dove into the sparkling blue waters 2,542 times to survey the meadows up close. It's a lot. A lot of periods. There is a few dives is isn't it? Yeah, they recruited, this is again, recruited amphibiousizing and, and normalizing using animals. They didn't recruit them. There was no recruitment process. There's no HR involved. They can't communicate. They
1: They used did pay the minimum wage, though. Eight tiger <laughs> sharks to aid their efforts. Um, and it makes sense, right? Like these yeah, sharks yeah, are right. going to be swimming around there anyway.
0: Yeah, they're patrolling it. They they're going to you know? swim
1: a lot faster, a lot more efficiently. Yeah. Okay, you can't guide where they're going, but. No, no. Pretty effective, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's... And I'd say it would probably lead to an underestimate in reality mm. of how much uh, seagrass there, there is, but you
0: don't only know, because, because you don't the uh, sampling methods are so yeah,
1: uncontrolled.
0: If they're taking that into account, though...
1: So that's true.
0: Like, be like, oh, actually, we subconsciously underestimate as humans, so we're just going to bump up a
1: little bit. There's no, you don't bounce, do that. Normally... Uh when I've done mapping, which do you know what great for these people, but whenever I've done it, it has been the most boring thing I've ever done. To be honest, um, mapping a field of grass underwater
0: doesn't sound like the most exhilarating way to spend your year.
1: Even when you has get to do it. Even when you get the data back onto like the laptop and or the computer to do the actual data analysis, it's still boring then. And that's not normally the case. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Something yeah, wrong. normally you you provide like a conservative estimate, so you okay. underestimate on purpose, so that you're not overdoing it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Very interesting, though. Oh, in terms of uh, space news, very quickly, did you see Artemis One launched?
0: Yes, I did.
1: Very I remember, exciting stuff. Was trying to catch stuff. up with a. Uh... what you just said I see this is where I thought you'd go with your your normal space news stuff yeah Artemis 1 yeah the start of the next era I suppose but a few years to go but it started finally after three months of delays Mm -hmm. maybe more good stuff alright then so VR yeah what
0: about VR mate but well, where does this start? Peripheral. What is peripheral? Give, a, give a, What what is what is this new show about? And then we'll we'll jump into it because it gives some context. Hashtag
1: really not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> yeah, just a, a decent show. Mm-hmm. You can find it on Amazon or other various sites, I'm sure. Um, so <laughs> peripheral is essentially this girl. Uh, well, who's the, the actor's name? Chloe Grace Mort- Mortiz? Mortez? Uh,
0: yeah, Kick-Ass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the kind
1: of character is She's really good, actually. I haven't seen her or anything for quite a while. Yeah. But uh, from what I've seen, nails it. Um, basically, she or her brother gets hired to do a test a vr thing, but she does it because she's actually better. Um and basically it's just to try out a new game which is like fully integrated nerve locked nerve lock is a bit of a weird way to phrase it um, instead of just putting like a Neuralink Neuralink that's uh, it is how it's described on sort of Online <laughs> yeah there's no visor or anything it just attack you know the communicates straight like a, to a, the brain uh, interface and yeah, I guess that the show follows her pursuits in this video game. Or is it a video game? Yeah, is it? Uh, that's like first episode stuff. That's not massive spoilers. But she starts to question whether it's actually a video game. Yeah. Um, it's Which is really interesting. And it's uh, not the first time that kind of stuff's been brought up in sci-fi. It's not. Not at all. Uh,
0: it's, it's quite a... Uh... I'm not gonna say overdone sci-fi trope yet. I think it will become an overdone sci-fi trope as we move closer or like closer to that actually being technology. Um, yeah, for sure. But it yeah, it is yeah. I I very easily guessed where it was going. It still does it very okay. well, and if there's other twists and turns, uh, I will be happy but yeah it's it's interesting so okay. it's, it starts off with her showing off her how good she is in the the VR games because there's different types of gamers or games um she's an adventurer whereas her brother is a, is a mercenary so he's good at shooting she's good at you know exploring and that's their jam and uh, she got to like one of the highest levels in one of the games. She gets to level one hundred seven, and because she got to the highest level in one of the games using her brother's avatar, that uh, he gets invited to try out a new piece of uh, hardware called peri- a peripheral. And instead of it just being a visor that goes over your face, it goes over your whole head and takes you into a like this neural link, so you experience everything like you would in real life but in a VR world, in a similar world, in a
1: metaverse, if you will, <laughs> which we'll come yeah. to in a second. And even that, for them, is. it's like a technological step because oh, yeah, her brother has like haptics. Yes. as like body mod haptics. Yeah. So so like he has haptics inside his skin, essentially. Yeah. That allow him to feel things in the game. Whereas this Neuralink device, this peripheral just allows you to experience things like you're actually there. So you can oh. feel pain, you can feel everything. So the haptics... Uh, without haptics. That the brother has
0: doesn't actually help him feel pain and stuff in the game. That's related to his side story, which comes apparent in like episode three, that okay. he was in the military and they used um some technology on him and his squad mates that so they can share... Uh, like senses and share senses okay. with drones and that's what the haptic thing is because there's a bit later on it, it gets all shooty shooty and they're all like using UAVs to, to un- oh. and <laughs> I unmanned aerial vehicles to like see in the forest and he's like making these ridiculous shots but that's because the haptic is guiding his hand right okay so that's what that is big part of it Uh because they've all, they're all there's like a squad of them they've all got it Uh yeah right. But what is virtual reality? What is VR? We've said this word many a time.
1: Yeah, so virtual reality is a simulated experience that employs, I guess, uh, environmental head tracking as well, or full body tracking, Mm -hmm. and 3D, three-dimensional near-eye displays to give the user an immersive feel of a virtual world. Yeah, That's what I've got, anyway, as a a pure definition.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, essentially it's like an illusion of a world. It's an absolute bugger if you wear glasses. I'll tell you that, unless you get the proper expensive lenses.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah, because... I've not found it that bad. Because we...
0: I've got uh, stigmatism in my left eye. And okay. I think in my left eye, both, both eyes and one, one eye stronger than the other. So it just means that if I wear glasses, I get these weird smudges and lens flares and if i don't wear it uh, it's, just a bit, it's just a bit blurry and astigmatism so all the light any any really bright light source there's like lens hyper lens flares coming off them because that's what yeah get like a cross and, yeah essentially yeah um so that's it's not ideal but even with that you still enjoy it yeah and in its current state in the development it's it's
1: Good, but we're not 100% there yet. No, and I don't know. We're at this, I think, really kind of nearly pivotal point in the VR space. Like, if Facebook and Meta and Oculus kind of go down, which is really kind of like the entry level, Mm. easily accessible, affordable in quote marks compared to (laughs) everything else. uh, Yes. Way into decent VR, mm. like if that kind of goes downhill, I don't know where the industry is going to go. Pico, have
0: you heard of Pico? No, so Pico is uh the Oculus competitor, they just released the Pico 4, um, and is essentially just like the quests, like full competitor. And it's, okay. said, it's said to be better than the Quest 2 and is currently okay. cheaper than the Quest 2. Like the Pico 4, it's an all-in-one VR headset. It doesn't use um, the Oculus Store. It uses Steam, I believe. Uh, oh. The 128 gigabyte version is £379. For those of you that think that's very expensive, the entry point for the Quest uh, is currently 400 and the original Oculus headset was like 700. And one of the best headsets that you can possibly get, which you still need a full high-end gaming rig. So a computer that has got a graphics card that's dedicated to running this kind of thing, uh, which is the Valve Index, currently the best with the controllers. That's, that'll put, push you over a thousand pounds. And then for a gaming PC to run it, that will push you above the thousand pounds. So you're looking at the two thousand five hundred. Well, that's the mark. thing,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it's like okay. Let me get a. I think I'd say more than that for the PC side of things. Like yeah. mine couldn't run it. I can run it. Oh really? Yeah. You could it's, run like Half Life
0: Alex. Joe. I won't go that far. It can run. <laughs> I've played well, like <laughs> Onwards, uh, Beat Saber, all that sort of jazz. Fire Steam Link to the Oculus Quest 2. okay. So. What essentially happens is some gaming headsets, they just act as like a projector for your computer. So you can just like project the VR world from your computer onto the headset, which is normally how it works. Whereas things like the Piccolo 4 and the Quest 2 and the Quest 1 and the new and improved Quest uh, Pro, which is a virtual reality and augmented reality headset, which I'll I'll talk about in a second. um, It projects it instead of just being on the actual headset itself. And to be honest, for the 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 headset only uh virtual reality headsets, they are the I think the only ones that you can truly get like fully immersed in because you don't have yeah. like the cable coming off your head, your hands, you don't have to set up light boxes. Like with the quest two, you can whack it on in a room and you're good to go. You like you draw out your play area, so they've got these pass through cameras that project the world onto the, the VR area so you can see what's going on around you, and then you get to go, and that's it. And, <laughs> Tom and I played golf <laughs> was a thing for a while, yeah, had to get back into it. Um, but there's times where I would like go to lean on the golf club, like I would play yeah. pitch and putt, and then stumble a bit and be like, Oh, well, that's embarrassing. Because, <laughs> and you see videos of people online who really get into it, and like, there's um like snooker or billiards or pool depending on where you come from and there'll be someone that's like playing it and they'll go to lean on the table and just fully go for it or even beyond that there's a uh a game where you have to walk out onto a on on a plank out of a window yeah, to save that experience and plank experience and then people are like yeah jump off jump off jump off and there's a video of this old gentleman <laughs> who like jumps off but not just jumping off with a controller, launches himself <laughs> real life just at the TV. Just yeah, into the wall. Just yeah, there's like TVs, there's videos of walls, there's just people like, th- yeah, like actually just like jumping because they, they get so immersed in it and they, they get so tricked. Oh,
1: that is absolutely hilarious. And the one game that gets me more than the others is mm. uh, Eleven Table Tennis. Okay, Is that because you're so hyper-focused on the actual
0: game? I think
1: you're, it's because you're hyper-focused, right? You don't mm. need to move around and forget you're not in the environment because you just walk around the table. Mm-hmm. And the controller is kind of a similar weight to a table tennis bat. I believe it's called a paddle, but... Paddle, sorry. And the physics play. are so real, <laughs> and the way it hits like the paddle and then your controller vibrates, it just feels so like realistic that you... Yeah. you you do go to like walk around the table or lean on the table and things like that. It is, it is madness. And and I think if you haven't experienced VR, it's so hard to look at on a 2d screen and go, well, yeah, they're I, just making that up.
0: I've said this to so many, so many times, VR is the hardest thing to market because the only way that people will understand what it's like, like people have been seeing 3d renders of space and games and stuff for years to actually be like, how cool is this? You have to just get people to try it. That's the only way you can do yeah, it. Like I got my granddad to try it and use the hand tracking. And he was absolutely blown away by it. It was so so funny watching him play it. Like, I'm picking up the box. This is so cool.
1: Uh, and beat stable <laughs> as well. Um, That's really cool. So- I, I've shown it to people who just completely... Uh, you know, away from technology, really, you, you put them in a video where they're on like a 360 safari yeah, yeah, or they're swimming with whales and things like that. And it just absolutely
0: blows their mind. I did snowboarding with someone that really enjoys snowboarding, but like not very really technically efficient, I would say. And they are like, this is, it feels like I'm there. And I was just like, yeah, it does. <laughs> so how does it work? The VR headsets? Yeah, go for it, mate. So in the, the actual headsets themselves, there's obviously, a, it's like a microcomputer, if you will. Um, but instead of there being one computer screen, there's essentially two computer screens that are uh, put up behind a, a two lenses. And you can position those lenses depending on how far your eyes are away from each other. And there's a way of, of calculating it. Uh, and then... There's like that, that's essentially it. It's that's how simple it is. It's essentially <laughs> a, a
1: screen, it sounds simple, but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fully. Um, and then, well, there, there's so the new Quest Pro that came out goes beyond this and is a bit more ridiculous. Uh, but essentially, what uh, like the simple version is, it's like a computer screen with lenses, and then the Quest. Pro compared to the the, the original Oculus, it has um, infrared lasers that are on the headset that can track you in a three-dimensional space. So when you move your head up and down in three-space, it essentially tracks distances to the ground, to the ceiling, to your area, and then maps that into the virtual world using some very, very clever algorithms and processing. And it does the same thing with your hands, with the controllers. There is normally uh, infrared blasters... Uh, well they used to be the new one doesn't have its actual cameras but the old the quest two uh, controllers has a red that keeps it so if you were to put the controller behind your head it would stop being able to track because it uses the headset in relationship with everything to map everything that's going on yeah um, but the old one they use things called are they called like lighthouses light towers which you would have yeah. to have two or four contraptions that essentially were cameras in a box space that would map your your movement and your location.
1: Oh, the um, what was the other headset that's not Oculus that used? That oh, device. Hive, the Hive set. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But the original Oculus and the the I, just, I literally mentioned it earlier, the Valve Index that has the lighthouses as well.
1: Yeah. Do so you need? Well, no, that makes space. sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes, make it, space, it makes it the maybe. most
0: the most accurate. Yes, because it's using an external camera to track your full
1: body motion. But yeah, yeah, and it's kind of dependent on like an external source, like your, your PC, whereas the Quest and the Pico are more uh, portable. Let's say it's the PSP compared to the PlayStation. <laughs> That's a more <laughs> More vague reference. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you like the, the mobile compared phone to...
0: compared to a landline would be a
1: better one. <laughs> really? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the PSP was just such a massive thing in my childhood. Yeah, uh, no. Only I know. I presume it's a, a normal thing. No. Yeah, maybe yeah, I guess so. it's, uh, it's the Game Boy compared to your Nintendo Cube. Let me go. <laughs> that's
0: that's even that's Game like Cube. cross-pollinating different brands as well. Um
1: <laughs> Um, well yeah. one of the things I want to quickly speak about there which is kind of on topic with what you were saying is how the immersion how it tricks your brain and the yes. cognition kind of behind it mm-hmm. because it's very easy if you've never experienced VR to look at it and go oh well it looks it looks very cartoon like yes and even I've played games where it's quite cartoon like and it's surprising how immersed you get like how much you forget you are in a virtual environment. a Rec Room comes to mind. Very cartoon-like, but you could just kind of forget about that very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So, um, where to start with that? Studies at the University of Hamburg have basically come up with a synopsis that obviously, within the evolutionary timeline of humanity, we've never actually needed to be able to distinguish between a real world and a virtual one. So, Tricking the brain, as you kind of said a minute ago, really is as simple as sticking two lenses in front of your eyes. So, obviously, stereopsis, which is just using two uh, ocular visual stimuli, let's say, Mm -hmm. screens. Um, Just as our eyes work in the real world, you have two slightly different images of the same stimuli. And that's what gives us depth of field. Um, that's what you know how we can judge how far things away are these kinds of things and instead of just having one flat screen you have two in front of your eyes and it allows you to replicate that for any virtual 3d environment that you want to put yourself in so that's the first one and basically research is about 10 years ago they realized that about 80% of the environmental information we take in is through visual stimuli. Mm-hmm. So, if you could just kind of trick your brain to think, okay, you're actually there, then you're 90% of the way there. So, the second thing is that your head moves like you are the camera, you are in control of where you're looking within the 3D environment. Again, sounds stupid, but if There are some videos that let you look up, down, left, or right, for example, these Safari videos. But if you were then to stand up, the entire video kind of moves with you, like you are still centred on the same point within the virtual world. And that completely breaks the immersion because you've just felt yourself stand up or sit down, Mm. yet you haven't stood up or sat down within the virtual space. Yeah. So allowing this head tracking, this movement tracking, allowing the relative movement of your eye level within the field to match what you are doing in real in the real world in real time the synchrony is so important Mm -hmm. to the immersion side of things um as i said the cognition part very interesting because your brain just trusts your eyes because why wouldn't it like we've never had to distinguish between a virtual and a real world before as i said so your brain just kind of goes well Yeah, if that's what I'm seeing, then uh, that's kind of true. And they did research in uh, Hamburg uh, a couple of years ago, this was. And they found out that if you make someone walk in a circle in VR, and that circle has a radius of 20 meters. Sorry. You make them walk in real life with a VR headset on. Okay, In real life, this circle has a radius of 20 metres.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In VR, you show them they're walking on a straight path, right? Mm-hmm. They will not know they're walking in a circle.
0: Yeah, it's like when you close your eyes and you think you're walking in a straight path, but really, really bad at knowing if you're walking in a straight line.
1: Yeah, so again, really easy to trick yourself. Mm. Um, researchers also show that when people are in snowy environments in VR that they will begin to feel more cold In the real world, especially if they start to feel immersed. So again, the head movement (laughs) and uh, things like that. And this has had really, really interesting applications because in some hospitals, they've started to put burn victims in VR headsets in like snowy mountain environments while they change their bandages. And the patients have reported significantly reduced pain in those time periods, which are normally quite high pain, uh, temporal uh, situations. Mm-hmm. The, so that's been that's really interesting.
0: The, there's another thing as well is um, smoking in VR as well. <laughs> that's something. Oh mate! Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so in Poker Stars, yeah, is a
1: game that's that exactly exactly I was just, about to say. <laughs> you
0: just play poker. You can sit there and you can buy like fake cigarettes or whatever with like the in-game currency, whatever it is. But then it's it has a weird effect on you. It, it feel, it, it feels strange. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially someone who smoked for a while. Yeah. Cause it uses uh, the
0: mic activating with your breath. So when you breathe out, oh does it? Yeah. When you breathe out in real life, the mic picks it up. So then you breathe out smoke.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's <laughs> weird. It's a, it's also strange, like an, another thing like that is there's uh, this app called trip. It's okay. meant to be for like meditation, but it's, You know it's just for people who have taken drugs and want to trip out further. Um, But that's how they got it onto the Oculus Store anyway. Meditation purposes, definitely. Um, And there's this bit where it's like, okay, breathe in and breathe out. And what it does is it makes like this light go just under the camera. So like where your mouth would be when you breathe in and then when you breathe out. So you end up syncing up to this thing and it's just the weirdest sensation. Yeah, very, very... Odd. Because, again, your brain trusts your eyes so much that you, it's hard to kind of disconnect that there's something not going in and out of your mouth or it's not controlled by your breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing that I would mention, but I've already mentioned it uh, really, was the haptic side of thing. If the haptics sync up... So haptics are like vibrations from controllers or you can even get bodysuits now where yes. it vibrates on certain spots. Mm-hmm. Like if you've been shot in the chest or the stomach it will vibrate there and it really kind of sells the immersion again because you're mixing senses not only are you tricking the auditory sense yeah and the visual sense but you literally the touch sense as well and that's one of the hardest ones to trick because you would trust that more than anything else
0: Mm -hmm. have you seen the one that if you get a shot in the game um you donate blood Oh really? Yeah, you hooked up to a, a blood letting machine, and if you die, <laughs> it automatically takes your blood.
1: Ah, that's that's quite interesting. <laughs> I did see um the creator of Sword Art Online, and people completely. So you may have seen this go around TikTok or something recently. Basically, someone created a VR headset that kills you when you die in the game. Oh did yeah, yeah. It had the, the 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 on the forehead. Yeah i did yeah had things that kind of explode into your frontal lobe yeah but what everyone was just kind of missing out or they didn't bother to research and at least this is what i found when i researched it but maybe i'm wrong because i don't know i found it but the 50 videos i saw about it never mentioned it but apparently the creator saw that online for the 20th anniversary yeah because it was just created this as an art piece yes they never intended for this to be sold or anything like that no and obviously everyone was kind of being like oh my god people have made this thing where you if you die in the game you die in real life and i'm like wasn't this an art piece so for those that
0: don't know sword art online became very popular i'm not gonna say it was one of the resurgence but it was like mainstream popular anime that essentially and i I may go rewatch it again it's very good uh a new VR headset gets developed. Cool, like it's like a Neuralink, or it's called Deep Dive, I think, is the actual name for it. But essentially, it connects to your synapses and your brain, back in your nerve system. Blah 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 blah. All this, all the fake science they make up to, to to justify it. But what happens is, everybody logs in. They start playing. There's like a only a hat. Like I think there's like ten thousand originally games released for be able to to play it. Um and then when they go to try and log out, there's no log out button because it gets deleted from the game. So they're stuck in this VR world. And if you try and take the VR headset off them, it like sends a charge into their the nerve in the back of their neck and they they get killed. Or if they die in the game, that happens and they get killed in real life. And it's a whole like they would only be released from the game when they completed the game. So, yeah,
1: that is the, the, whole, yeah. the whole premise. And we've just gone past the date in the anime where it all kind of happened.
0: Which is a shame, because I really want one of those deep dives <laughs> <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, going further with your, like, immersion and tricking the brain, a really weird side effect of this whole, like, VR phenomena is... Uh, lucid dreaming has got better
1: for people yeah it's yeah i can imagine why yeah so for me it hasn't i think it's got worse actually because i think for you
0: okay and, and for me we are gamers we game that's in our thing moving ourselves around around a virtual space is normal for us to be see what you mean. disconnected it was a very
1: easy transition yes but for those so used to it yeah that
0: are it's the same thing with your the media that we perceive changes your your dream state it's so like okay a lot of people back when uh black and white tvs were you know commonplace they would report that they dreamt in black and white a lot because that's was their all their right. stories their fantasies like uh, fiction, non-fiction, that kind of stuff. The thing, the things that like input into their the story rating, story making in their brain, uh, was in black and white, so they had black and white dreams. And then when color TVs came in, there was a massive upswing in people reporting that their dreams were actually in color. And then again with this new form of media uh, that you can either like watch movies or play games or get immersed in 3D space. There <laughs> there's now uh, yeah, an upswing, like an uptick in people reporting that they they have more control over. It's not just like they're watching something like they would a, a movie. They are now in a 3D space and can lose a dream. So lucid dreaming, for those that don't know, is the ability to be able to essentially control your dream with a high level of control. So yeah, you know that you're recognizing dreaming. Recognizing your dream. Yeah, recognizing that you are dreaming and then being able to control.
1: What's going on? how weird is it and I, and I don't know you probably don't have the answer I don't expect you to but just kind of a hypothetical question is why does the media of the time dictate how a lot of people dream uh, well it's just what you said spend... so before tv mm. right uh is it just reporting right or is has there been an actual change with the introduction of television and then people dreaming in black and white? And then the introduction of colour te- television well, and people dreaming in colour. Like is that an actual a psychologist effect?
0: at McHughin University did a, a research study into it and they found that uh people that have people that use the VR headsets, uh gamers, non-gamers, compared to people that weren't using virtual reality headsets uh reported after like a lot of use that they had more control in their dreams
1: yeah so i wonder why that is like is it it because we're such visual creatures that the way that our mind's eye works for some people is a visual thing as well right Mm -hmm. or it, it can seem like a visual thing so does our mode of visual stimulus in the real world affect how it works in the brain?
0: Yeah, maybe. I've, I've noticed that I've got a lot more... they have had situations where I've had a lot more control in dreams because of VR. Okay. And not just control, but the dream itself has felt more 3D, if that makes sense. It wasn't okay. just like I was watching because yeah. if I'm about to have a revelation of that I've, I have weird dreams, but a lot of times when you remember dreams, you remember
1: it like a movie,
0: like it's a
1: like a passive thing.
0: Not like a passive thing, but it's like a a POV, one point of view. You you watch it on a screen. You don't sense everything around you.
1: Oh no, I've never had dreams like that. Like <laughs> I'm not, I'm your dreams like, like, are on a movie screen. No,
0: no, I don't mean like that. But I mean when like when you remember, okay. it, you remember it like. Oh yeah, it was an action scene, and it was my point of view, and I saw this. Right, it, it, mate, you are the wrong person to talk to because you have wonky dreams. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. This is true. It's more you, like you don't remember it as if you had made those actions. No, it's more of like a faint memory.
0: No, no, you, you make the you remember it that you make the actions, but it's it's less. 3d space and more like a movie of like it's set and happening okay so i think that's turning like the control of it's like a you don't have control of everything but it's more like you know when you go on those rides in disneyland where it's like you sit on a like a roller coaster and it goes forwards and moves you through the different environments yeah like you don't have control over where it's going because that's the subconscious but you have the cognition to be able to see and look around you and experience, and experience. that 3D yeah. space. It's more like it's that. like you're
1: being railroaded through your, your, your dream world. Yeah,
0: like some some experiences are on VR, like the roller coaster stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It's very interesting how how the cognition in, in, impacts there. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Like, I. I I don't know if you know, like, how how has the VR uptake changed during the pandemic? Because I know for some people who have had access to it, it was a really kind of... Really good outlet. Great way to kind of maintain... I used it a lot. Either contact with people (laughs) or feel like you're going outside or... Do you know what I mean? Like, these kind of things. Yeah. You just didn't have access to if you didn't have a VR thing. Yeah. And I saw a couple of studies that looked at the adoption of VR during the pandemic. And it did increase... But the main reason was cited for work. Yeah, which is weird. And I, I don't know if that's because people were tax writing off their yes, VR. Yes, I was about to
0: say that they were they were using <laughs> and they were expensing it because I've tried to do work with VR, and it sucks. Until oh, see, this is the Quest I was gonna ask you. Pro came out, which so the Quest Pro has something is both a VR and an AR headset. So it's virtual reality and augmented reality and the or the augmented reality side of it it projects visuals onto real world so it can like project fake computer screens in front of you so you don't actually need the computer screens but you can use like three different essentially monitors that are floating you can put your hand through it and that kind of stuff
1: yeah that, then you can actually like see your keyboard Yeah, you can in actually a virtual see world or yeah. in the real world yeah
0: because how I can touch type for a lot of people that can't. So how are they supposed to be able to use a VR headset and also type
1: and move a mouse? Well, 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 with the Quest 2 at the minute, uh, it's not as good as the Quest Pro, but you can see your actual keyboard. Yeah. Through, like, so you've got most of the environment in the virtual world, and then you've got like a little square or rectangle missing <laughs> in the virtual world that shows the real world. Yeah, so weird. In black and white. And it, it doesn't oh, quite yeah. work as well as it would in the... Uh, Quest Pro. What well, they should do is think stuff like that's, hand um, Yeah, that would, that would be good. Yeah. But then you kind of miss the tactile feedback of typing. And I'm sure you could get used to it. But well, no, mm. I mean, like, they, I think you this, have this your keyboard, a, a... but they also use the hand tracking.
0: So ah. it, like, projects. So you don't need the pass-through. It just knows where your keyboard is, can track your hands, and then can recreate a face. Oh, I see. And... It kind of gives you the, yeah. the overlay that
1: way. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I don't know if the technology's there quite yet. Hmm. But maybe. It could be. Yeah. Uh, but I think like... this is the way that a lot of people, a lot of places, maybe even Meta and other smaller businesses are kind of hedging their bets that VR will grow, but it needs to grow into industry as well as just recreation. Yeah.
0: That's a bit sad about the the Quest Pro's price point. a uh, an enterprise product. It's not aimed at gamers. It's aimed at enterprise It's like 1,400? Anything on top of my head, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I was
1: going to guess around 1,500, so yeah, it must be around that point. Significantly
0: outprices it for a lot of
1: people, which
0: is a shame, really, because it started off as a gaming thing, but now it's like an industry enterprise thing, which always happens, really, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, There's loads of stories, though, of like, the so Meta which is Facebook, has lost billions of pounds with the whole branching out into the metaverse. So i not mean, actually explain what the metaverse is. Put it, put it very quickly, it's a rebranded cyberspace, but in 3D, essentially what it is. And they've tried to put the metaverse to try and brand it themselves so they are the people that are known for this three-dimensional space that they're trying to you know, get uh, companies to hop on and create virtual spaces for like tech shows and things and games and it's this big area that's what the metaverse is um like a social hub uh, right yeah social work hub have like full digital economy economy where you can buy and create and sell things um you can i think there's there's some places that you can go on to your virtual headset buy order dominoes and it gets sent to you don't know why you would do that when you can just Open the app on your phone and get it sent straight <laughs> from you because that's it, doesn't involve me I putting feel on like a headset. Mark
1: Zuckerberg read Ready Player One and went, Yes, we need that now. Yeah, it's not. And I would, I would love that to be the case, but we're just not there yet. Not enough people have adopted it yet. Yeah. For it to be, and if they're making the Quest Pro 1500 quid not enough people are going to be adopted it. Yeah, this you know this the news was, came out there's like 40 users yeah. and it's like <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. just but throws the, it in the mud even more, you know. Just throws
0: it in the mud even more. The developers for the metaverse, I think between a team I think it was like a team of 20, there was one headset. Like they were they were trying to develop the metaverse and a bunch of them didn't have headsets. Oh. Like how could they how could you develop for something that you don't you can't yeah. Be like trying to make a game on a pc but you don't have a keyboard or a mouse or a computer
1: <laughs> trying to make a triple a title on a windows 98 you know? <laughs> yeah essentially <laughs> yeah.
0: there were a lot of privacy issues surrounding the whole quest 2 and you know tracking and that kind yes. of stuff so if you didn't know they sold the quest 2 at a loss they have actually put the price up on the Quest 2, which I thought was... Because I bought mine for £350, I think, when it came out, but they've now updated to 400 right. because they don't want to make as much of a loss, and they're giving away some software for free. So you can get Resident Evil 4 and Beat Saber now, free, with every Quest 2 purchase. Um, but they are trying to make some money back on the Quest 2. But what, people, they were, what it was believed and the insidious side of meta because it's facebook they believed that they were making money back on your location data and all the data that it was collecting from uh your geolocation the room that you were in because it can record it to you know see what was going on your movements it was selling your movements um with the new quest pro there's technology in it that tracks your eye and they've said they're using it to make uh, more intelligent like engines for um, three-dimensional space because where you focus your eye, it then focuses on that point and renders that point. So it makes it more efficient okay. in, in game engines and different things like
1: that. Which sounds great, but when you realize actually what they need to do is collect that data first.
0: Yeah, and what they're essentially <laughs> doing is say that it shows you an advert or an advert in a three-dimensional space. It'll collect the data about what captures your eye, where you look, what you're looking at. And it very quickly, you can oh. turn into that black mirror episode where if you're not looking, it won't play the ad. And if it doesn't, if you close your eyes, it doesn't play the ad. It's the one where he's in the box and he's on the, the little, the, the bike and yeah. to, to the credits. And essentially could turn into that and they're just selling your data to make it cheaper, that was their their yeah almost hypothesised their goal, which is as a someone that works in cybersecurity, is uh, absolutely hate it, as it's your data and you should have the option to say no. GDPR for the win, hell yeah, data ownership. Um, but you know, it's Facebook.
1: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah
0: and i'm really hoping that the amount of money that they're losing is going to be the death of facebook and meta and everything cuz it's just well yeah but it would also go. be
1: the death of the uh, the quest then and then where uh, where where are we going to vr Well
0: oh, no cuz what they'll have to do is they'll have to split all the different umbrella com- companies off and people will buy them That'll, that'll be oh, okay happens.
1: so it still work
0: because yeah because oculus got sold they'll split oculus sell that to someone else who wants to take it over and we'll actually do something good with it the same with instagram uh what do facebook facebook owns so many things i don't know why. how like this slipped past the antitrust like policies in america but yeah everything be split apart again so
1: i've got a quick question for you then sure um so this is kind of cycling back to peripheral mm-hmm. and to avatar yes not the last airbender big blue people big the big blue
0: people yeah big blue aliens yeah um
1: so what's the main character's guy jason is it i don't know generic military anyway.
0: man in a wheelchair number five yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so is that vr because he gets put into like a neural link, but instead of controlling a uh, himself or a virtual like an avatar in a virtual environment, he's essentially controlling a neural linked clone avatar form, right? Mm,
0: yeah, but that's like saying you could still you- say it's
1: VR, but it's just not in a simulated environment. Like if I'm controlling a robot it's is it still vr no, because, because i've still not, got a visor it's on It's
0: not a virtual reality then that becomes you're just but you're it piloting. it is no it's not because it's real life no, it's piloting because <laughs> right. you're in the real universe okay it's like if if i went and got a drone and had a drone headset are you going to say that that's vr no i'm piloting a drone so
1: yes but the virtual part is you're not actually there yeah, but the drone is there thing. In, yeah. a in
0: a real physical environment world.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's true. If you get motion sick, I'd love to try that little drone racing thing. But if you get motion sick, that would.
0: I don't. I don't know if I. would. That'd be a kicker. Because I, I, okay, I struggle with some motion sickness. But I, the way that I always struggle with motion sickness is if the game developer or anything has done something wonky with the movement. Like, if it accelerates quicker than a normal person would, my brain goes, oh, fucking, you've you've accelerated quick there. But I think if it's something so different, like, it would be, like, flying something. Because I've played, like,
1: flying sims before, and I haven't felt motion sickness from that. There's only one game that's made me feel a bit motion sickness, and it took a very long time to get used to, and that was Echo VR. Oh, yeah. you, if anyone listening doesn't know what that is, if you've seen Ender's Game, there's basically what they have to do is they, they're they in zero gravity and they've got this play space
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they basically have to score a goal. <clears throat> Sorry. With, in Ender's Game, it's with themselves, but in Echo VR, you've basically got a Frisbee that you try and score on a goal. And yeah, you just continuously move in one direction until you touch an environment and you can slingshot yourself off. As if you're really in zero G. So the movement is really, really wonky. And that's the only thing that's messed with my head so far. Yeah. Full.
0: Full anti-grav.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we come up to the hour. Yes. Anything else you'd like to mention quickly?
0: <sighs> the, the, the final last thing was also the, the, not the insidious, or the dark, because that's shaming people. But there's the, the psychological effect of VR pornography. And we'll just leave leave that with, you know, audience members to think about and the the potential impacts that can have.
1: Also... And and what is that? What is the impact?
0: Oh, I don't know. Because we interviewed someone a while ago, a controversial person that I want to bring up, who said there was, like, things that were stopping people having children. And it's the psychological thing that... Are people less likely to go out and have kids if they've got like VR and immersive uh, sexual experiences in a headset?
1: I see what you mean. My initial thought, and I could be—I don't—I haven't done any research on this, so I don't know. But my initial thought would be having sex just for the sake of having sex. Okay, you could just stay in and do the VR thing, but if your goal is to have children,
0: yeah, it's completely different.
1: There's, there's, then the men, the mentality there is mean, yeah very but th- very I different I think but.
0: It's, the, it's the same line as um, young uh, adolescent minds watching pornography gives them a warped idea of what the reality of like sexual experiences it is and will this sure. exacerbate that even more because it's more immersive 100% it will yeah, yeah. Man, that's, it, that's especially
1: weird. if you're as you said an adolescent with your access to that uh yeah that will really warp how you go into yeah. uh like, as an adult those experiences it, in like, the real world
0: this this person's phoned the plumber if they've turned up in five minutes that's fucking unrealistic <laughs> 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 that would never happen <laughs> exactly that's what they're that's warping <laughs> the rate of plumbers yeah. go, and how often plumbers you actually need in your
1: life you know never never needed a plumber um Bloody hell! <laughs> All right, yeah, well, we'll leave you with that uh, tantalising <laughs> thought. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, indeed.
1: Uh, don't forget yeah, to share with your friends, families, co-workers, scientists, VR entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want more information, fun science, you can follow us on Twitter at pod TikTok, and latest adventure at info pod, Instagram information entropy pod, And of course, whichever directory you're listening on to this. Now, if you can give us a follow, a rating a comment, a like, it's all absolutely appreciated on a lot of platforms. You don't actually need to share it with anyone. You can just hit copy link and that works as well. Yes. So, you know, if you're too embarrassed to share us with people, just, just pretend. <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. Anyway, I've been Tom Jenks. This has been Mitchell Gang. Thanks, yeah.
0: How, anything else to add, mate? How, have I been, or is that the name of the person it, that a, i anything been? Anything else to add? Oh, you don't. We've talked about this before, mate. The whole I've got issues with my name, not the name itself, but do I call myself Mitchell, or am I the embodiment of Mitchell Gang? Well, on that weird uh, meta
1: throwback, yeah. Good hey. um, <laughs> Existential crisis note. Uh, I'll catch you next time (laughs) yeah well hopefully we've helped decrease the the entropy of information in your lives and if not we'll catch you next week peace yeah for now